Hey everyone, welcome to Queerly Recommended. I am Tara Scott and with me as always is Chris Bryant. Hello, welcome to episode five and we are glad to be back. Okay, before anything else, Chris, I feel like I need to check in. I saw the news about Winona Earp being canceled. Are you okay? Do we need to send snacks? Do you need a cuddle? What do you need? You know, I need all of that. I'm not okay. I mean, just when we have like super positive queer representation and a really cool series, it gets canceled. And here's the thing, like it got canceled before and then the fans did so much getting together and and getting the, the fifth season out there. And I feel like it got canceled and it's canceled for good. Like during mm-hmm. the last time, it felt mm-hmm. like there was a chance, you know, okay, we could go here, we could go there, you know, try a different platform, try, you know, Hulu, try Netflix, try something. And they got a fifth season. And so I feel like everybody's kind of tapped. And I feel like this is truly the end of the series, which makes me sad because, you know, I wonder about, it, it's like a breakup. I wonder about how everybody is taking it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there are going to be conventions, but is everybody going to, all the actors and actresses, are they going to be able to go to the uh, conferences for the fans? Yeah. You know, how long is this going to go on? It's just, I'm just sad. I'm sad by the whole thing. Did they at least get to wrap up the story well, properly? We still have, starting in March, there are six, the six final episodes. So I'm hoping that Emily was able to go and tweak it maybe and give us a final, final episode, mm-hmm. or maybe we'll get like a, a secret two hour movie in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, on set. I don't know. I hope well, so. That, that happened with, I mean, not queer at all, but that happened with the sci-fi series Farscape. Did you ever see that? I did not. Oh my God. I loved it. And I'm afraid, I'm actually afraid to watch it again because I just have a feeling so much of it is not going to hold up, but it was so well loved that I, I hope I'm getting this right. If I, I hope I'm remembering this right, but I'm pretty sure that they, so there, there was definitely, there was um, like a, a mini series or movie or something like that, that finished it up. But I'm pretty sure it was like wealthy fans that financed it because they oh. just needed to know how the story ended um, right so i mean I if think there's any rich winona earp fans exactly. out there somebody said something about dolly parton and i thought oh my god that's perfect have dolly parton <laughs> save winona earp it is perfect right i mean she has helped millions of children with literacy she was a part of funding one of the most successful covid vaccines why couldn't she do this save too? a little awesome show Mm-hmm. I know it is and it reminds me it's it, it's just like with how sad it is it kind of reminds me of the same thing happening to one day at a time as well because that was oh, also right. so well loved mm-hmm. had some it, it also had some great queer rep with the daughter right. and getting to right. like actually see a teenager come out like that but in a really positive way on the screen and it was also brought back because of fan demand and unfortunately it's just, <laughs> like it's just gone like it's not okay it's not okay. No. I don't like this. I think, you know, maybe, maybe it's me. I mean, the last couple <laughs> things I've recommended, they were either canceled or got canceled. So I feel well really responsible, but I, I don't think you, you have that much power. 
in your own little self. <laughs> Every show must end someday. Right. I mean, we even see that with like soap operas eventually end, even when they've been on for decades. I was so. going to say some soap operas are older than I am. So, I mean, it goes to show True. you that there are shows that it's like the Simpsons. They've been on forever. Right. True. You know, and, Ugh. and, I, and I know that like five seasons is a good run. Somebody mentioned mm-hmm. on Twitter that five seasons of any show is a good run. And that's true. It's just, yeah. you know, everybody just loves this small, you know, group family and yes. we want to see it succeed and continue with success. I'm sure all the actors are going to go and get great roles, you know, in the future on different shows and different mm-hmm. movies. And I don't think that anything is going to happen. It's just like, it's, it, we're just, we're breaking up a family basically. Yeah. You, I, which, and, and I also think it's totally fair to grieve that because as much as we know it's all fake, like we still, our brains, like with the way our brains work, don't know that it's fake. And it believes that we're building these connections. And so we have to kind of, in some cases, go through the same grief Well, especially when you go to conferences and you meet the actors and, you know, you talk to them and they stop and talk to you. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just such a good feeling and you want everybody to be happy and be successful and succeed. And, And it's just sad when, when something you love so much just ends. Well, I think in conclusion, fuck capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think you're right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So guess what? What? We got our first listener question. Hell yeah, we did. Uh, So Melissa wrote in and she had a question for us. She sent it by Instagram DM. So I guess if you want to send us appropriate dms that's okay this was <laughs> ah, or inappropriate don't be such a prude <laughs> oh i don't want to see naked strangers <laughs> <laughs> at least like, tell us your name <laughs> so, you know what send those dms to twitter and chris will ch- check <laughs> so melissa Rudin and she asked tara in one of your reviews of spindra fianna burke you mentioned the bush bottom femtop dynamic which was the whole reason i read it and loved it thanks do you have any other recs for books or other media with this dynamic or as Anna Burke put it for queer femme women who aren't afraid to take control of their own pleasure and the butch bottom slash service tops who love them? You mentioned that you knew of at least one other in your review, but not by name. Also, I read and absolutely loved last night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe and would love to hear your collective thoughts. So let's first deal with the last part. I have not read last night at the Telegraph Club yet. I've been hearing amazing things. It's on my Kindle. I'm super excited and I'm hoping to start it in the next week or two. So I can definitely come back with some thoughts. Chris, have you, have you read this one or have you heard of it? I have not. And as far as uh, any other books that have uh, that dynamic, I I know that Renee Roman has at least one. Um, She has stroke of fate. And then I think she's working on one as well. Uh, I can't, I can't recall the name of it. And I, and I want to say maybe Nell Stark. Maybe I Nell think Stark you might be right. It's been a super long time since I've read it. So Melissa, mm-hmm. if we're wrong, I apologize. I think the princess affair might have a bit of that dynamic because it has a femme British princess and an American student who is a butch woman who is shy and adorable. And the princess is not shy she's a bit of a wild <laughs> child um and i believe that dynamic carries through into the bedroom as well at least for some of it there is also a follow-up short story 
I can't even remember in what short story collection. But anyway, if you've ever wanted to read a sex scene in the Oxford <laughs> University, one of their libraries, <laughs> you need to go find that story because that is where that is. <laughs> in terms of other ones, I'm pretty sure Brenda Murphy has some. And the reason I say that, there's one in particular I'm thinking of, which I haven't read, but I've heard really good things about. And so she writes mostly stories with kink. She has a couple of contemporary romances, but she has a series that takes place at a... I'm trying to think of how to even describe it. It's one of those, like, kink mansions, I guess. Hmm. Something something like that. Um, but anyway, she has a book with two butch bottoms. Oh, no, oh, wow. not necessarily both bottoms. Sorry, two butches. But there's always some kind of, like, from the ones that I've read, there's always some kind of uh, dominant submissive thing going on. So I have to think one of them is likely a bottom. The other one that also sprang to mind for me is Party of Three by Sandy Lowe. Now, the thing with this book, actually, that's really interesting is it's three novellas, but all as part of the same continuous story. So hmm. it's a birthday party in one night. Three friends go to this birthday party. Three of them have sex at this birthday. <laughs> all three of them have sex <laughs> at this birthday party. And in the middle novella specifically, there is the the woman in the friends group that is butch gets together with her best friend's little sister who she has been in love with basically forever mm -hmm. and ever and it definitely has that dynamic of the femme going after what she wants and the butch kind of being like what what's happening here <laughs> so <laughs> I found that that was actually my favorite of the three novellas as well. I had fun with all of them, but that was the one that really um, did it for me. I believed it the most. I also love like the best friend sister dynamic, which is also fabulous. Like Megan O'Brien has one that's good literally trope. called her yeah. best friend sister. Yeah. <laughs> my best friend sister. Although that's a recommendation if you're looking for best friend sister books, not Butch Bottom <laughs> Fun Tops, just right. for the record. But I also... I was like, that's not very many books. So I reached out to some other friends that I know and also got back uh, kind of like the, huh, no, there's really not many. But what they, <laughs> the ones that they could think of <laughs> is The Butch and the Beautiful by Chris Ripper. Somebody shared that they think that Radcliffe's Honor series has some of that energy, which is so. totally possible, but I haven't read it in about a decade. So I <laughs> can't verify myself and the other one was uh lise mctagg's on deception's edge series and this is a pro tip i haven't read this one i think it's just out but her new book breaking out apparently also has some of that dynamic and it's a hockey romance so if you like some sports romances too go check that one there out. you go yeah so that's quite a few that's a, yeah that's quite a few recommendations melissa we hope that you love all of them right. or at least a couple. <laughs> yeah. um, and if anyone else has any questions that you'd be interested in Chris and I answering in a future episode, whether it's, you know, something to do with what we're reading or watching, or if you're looking for recommendations too, just, you know, email it in to podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Or like I said, you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and you can find us on all three of those platforms just by searching right. for Queerly Recommended. And I get the DMs. <laughs> you get the twitter dms i get the, I get the instagram DMs. dms please do not send uh, yes. naked dms to instagram <laughs> send them all to twitter for chris thirsty thirsty chris <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome all right chris uh, what yes. have you 
been watching and reading lately? Okay, so for reading, I just uh, I just started Modern English uh, by Rachel Spangler, mm-hmm. which is Victoria's book. So uh, I think I read somewhere where ninety percent of um, Rachel's uh, readers have asked for a Victoria book, and so she has. Mm-hmm. They have given us the oh. we wanted. So so I I'm, just started that. I I. Actually, this one's sitting on my Kindle as well. And I am excited about it because I have to admit, I was one of the people who also asked for it when I reviewed Full English. I liked Full English, but for me, Victoria was actually the standout character. And so as occasionally I do a thing when I write reviews where I'm like, I'm just going to ask. And then if they write that book, that's amazing. And if they don't, it wasn't meant to take credit for it. And say, look, it's because I said, write this book. Right? So successful. And yes, everyone, you're welcome. You're welcome (laughs) for Modern English. (laughs) I'm kidding. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to read it. Yes, I actually have enjoyed, I started it. So uh, I like the way this starts, you know, and and Rachel's such a good writer. Mm -hmm. And has been like, I have so enjoyed seeing the progression from book to book and I mean that that's an exciting thing for me like finding authors that I love and seeing them grow over time so they're just getting better and better and Rachel Spangler is definitely in that category for For me where the books just and and I enjoy some of their earlier books for sure like there's there's some that I still love but just like the sheer mastery of the craft Mm-hmm. over time so I think that's part of what has me so excited by this one as well like right. Lady Victoria by an author who's getting better with each book exactly and you know I, I agree I have read early stuff by Rachel and for sure there is now a finesse to their writing mm-hmm. and I can definitely tell and I don't know if it's just a calming thing. I can I can tell that there's just a calm, a more of a calmness about them, and so I, it comes ac- across through uh, the writing when mm-hmm. I read it. So anyway, I'm going to have a shit ton of fun reading this. So I'm excited. So that's yes. what I'm reading. Excellent. And what are you watching? So here's here's the thing. So I'm watching. I. I uh, this is so hard because, you know, we're so used to binge watching everything all the time. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. So what I have been watching on TV, I've been watching uh, 911, but not just 911, but also 911 Lone Star. Two different shows, uh, but they did a crossover last week, which was kind of fun. So let me tell you why. So 911 has Angela Bassett, and I have this massive crush on Angela Bassett. Forever and always. And so this is interesting. So because 911 has queer representation. Angela Bassett's ex-husband is gay and divorces her and gets together with his lover. And then there's a there's also a lesbian character. And these are pretty big roles. They're not just like, oh, the lesbian, you know, paramedic or whatever. It's not that they have like solid roles in this series. And so yeah. I was like, cool. And then they started, they they created after the first, after I think the quote unquote success of 911, they have a Texas version, 911 mm-hmm. Lone Star. Mm-hmm. And uh, truly, if you want diversity, this show is for you. 
if you can get past Rob Lowe, which is <laughs> tough, I know, but the series isn't bad. There's there's a transgendered firefighter, gay firefighter, a Muslim woman firefighter. I can't mm-hmm. even fire, 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 <laughs> firefighter. Yeah. Um, and then there's a Texas, a huge, big country, big, good old boy, Texas hat. And he's married to a really sweet and adorable black woman. Mm-hmm. So there's so much diversity in that series. And you're like, how are we ever going to get to the part where we fight fires? But they do. You know, there's just a lot going on. It's like a soap opera. I mean, like anything else, you get to know the characters and they have struggles and like a, any other show anymore that is on TV. Mm-hmm. So I watch those. I watch those during the week. And um, yeah. So what about you? How is your Hades run going? Well, I finished it. It's <gasps> over. Except they're so <sighs> smart. The way they made this game is never really over. So I beat Hades 10 times and I got wow. the epilogue mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. Honestly, the writing, I think, is the thing that blows me away so much in this game. The other thing is that it's um, part of a genre of games. I'm going to get this. If I get this wrong, please forgive me. There's going to be some gamer that's like, fuck you. That's not what it's called. (laughs) I think it's called roguelike. And then within that, there's also something called roguelite. But basically the idea is like you go through and when when you die, you die and you lose all your shit and you have to start over again. But the way they do it in this game, it makes it okay because there are certain things that you can pick up to make you stronger each time. And how that ties in with the overall storytelling is so brilliant. And I haven't gotten, and the, and, and the, sorry, I'm stumbling because I'm so excited. It's like, what if I say four things at once and you can't actually do that? That's not possible. You just end up going, duh, 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 duh. Uh, <laughs> like I just did, uh, right? Very good. <laughs> Very good, Tara. People will love to hear this. <laughs> and, but you get to keep playing. So there, there is something written into the story itself so that it makes sense that you keep going through all of the dungeons and beating Hades at the end. And so there are things that I'm still trying to do, including pursue the love interests. And the thing that I think is interesting is that you can pursue all three if you like. So there's Dusa, which is a Medusa. There's Megara, who is one of the three Furies. And there's Thanatos, who can be your gay boyfriend. And it's kind of hinted at that you've been involved with Thanatos and Megara in the past. And so that's kind of what I'm doing next. And yes, Zagreus is going to be a boyfriend to everybody because why not? But now I'm just looking to see like what other queer games I can find. And I found one that I absolutely adore. And that's all I'm going to say about it because I want to leave everybody hanging in anticipation because it's going to be my big recommendation next oh, okay. episode. Okay. So, and that's for your Switch, right? It's for the yes. Nintendo Switch. It's probably on all of them. Maybe? Um, no, it's probably on Steam, but it's not. Mm. I don't think it's on the on PlayStation or Xbox. So it's a, it's a very queer inclusive dating sim that I'm super excited about. So if that's your jam, come on back in two weeks and you'll hear me Uh, gush about that game because I love it so much but what I wanted to do was say again if anyone actually has any queer gaming recommendations especially for the Nintendo Switch please 
send them my way. If it's a Steam exclusive, unfortunately, I'm just not going to play it. Um, I could play something on the Xbox or PlayStation because we do have both of those here. But like Switch is kind of where I'm at these days. So if you have recommendations for me, please send them in to podcast at queerlyrecommended.com because I want to hear them. I will try them out. And if I love them, I will talk about them on a future episode. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention, it's not something I'm reading right now, but a book that I absolutely adored last year, one of my favorite books, You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson was recently named a Stonewall Honor Book by the American Library Association. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that book because it's so freaking good (laughs) it's um it's a contemporary young adult book it has a romantic element to it I don't know if I would call it a romance per se but the the romantic element is is definitely strong but the premise is that Liz Lighty is a black girl in high school in uh, a small town in Indiana and she wants to go to this particular college she doesn't quite have enough money and she's like oh shit what am I going to do so she and her brother are being raised by their grandparents and she's afraid that if her grandparents find out about the financial shortfall like it looks like she's not going to get a scholarship that she's supposed to get or something like that so she's afraid that if they find out about that that they're going to sell the house and that's not something that she wants you know that Mm -hmm. would be yeah it feels like too big a sacrifice she's super shy she's very much about like keeping herself out of sight away from bullying and I can't remember if it's her brother or her friend, but basically says, look, you need to run for prom queen because the people that get to be prom king and queen actually get scholarships. Like they get, they get money that they can put towards college and it would be enough to cover that shortfall. And so it's this like shy girl putting herself out there in a way that she absolutely hates, but she's doing it kind of for all the right reasons and what happens and the girl that she falls in love with along the way. And that, oh, It's told in the first person from Liz's perspective. She's so smart and funny and lovely. And I just adored her. This book made me cry in a couple of times. Like, I just want it to be made into a movie. Like, I want Netflix to make it into a movie specifically because I feel like they've been doing the best job of making queer movies lately that you can feel good about. Like, Mm -hmm. that actually have a happy ending and not, you know, you're going to go want to kill yourself when right. it's done because it's so sad I know. but I just like I'm so excited that so excited that it got this award because I just think this book deserves all the things and if you haven't read it yet I absolutely like just go check it out it's super super good okay good so what is your big recommendation for us this week all right so this week, I'm going to recommend a super fun lesbian romance that I just finished a couple of days ago. And it is Hotel Queens by Lee Winter. Have you heard of this one? Of course. Right? Everybody's been course, talking about yes, it. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the blurb, which says, Over one long night at a bar in Las Vegas, two powerful hotel executives meet, flirt, and challenge each other, having no clue they're rivals after the same dream deal. Brilliant ice queen Amelia Duxton is a hotel vice president who thrives on control, truth, and efficiency. She's in no mood for love or the mess it brings. All she wants is to buy the coveted Mayfair Palace, a massive deal that could help her land the CEO job in her family's hotel empire. Fiery Kai Fisher is charming and chaotic and renowned for closing ambitious deals. 
her sights are set on snatching the Mayfair Palace out from under the nose of her hated arch rivals, the Duxton family. But when secrets emerge and everything starts to fall apart, how can either of the warring women win, especially when they've just met their match? This book is a lot of fun. I had a great time reading it. Although full disclosure, I actually read the first probably quarter and then put it down because I had my end of year burnout as usual in December. And so I decided to just start it over again uh, a couple, like about a week ago. And I'm so glad I did because yeah. I picked it up again. And then I just, I didn't want to put it down. I had to because, you know, sleep and family and Kids. work and all those things. <laughs> but I definitely stayed up way too late a few days ago. <laughs> because especially when I got to kind of like the middle, because there is a mystery that kind of sits at the center of it. And you don't even know it at first because at first it just comes across as like, oh, okay, so it's like an enemies to lovers lesbian romance. Cool, okay, I've read these. I know what to expect from these. And then I was like, oh shit, there's something else happening and they're gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> and that just like, I was hooked from every, like everywhere from that moment on. But even then I was also really caught by the first chapter yes because the first chapter is split like the book goes back and forth between the two perspectives mm -hmm. and that's true of the first chapter as well where we see we have a, like a scene or two from each of them mm -hmm. that really lays out exactly who they are as they go into meeting each other and falling in love and so for kai she's going into work it's very very early in the morning she has her coffee um, she's about to hit the gym and as she's, I think she's talking to the man who works at the door and there's this asshole bike messenger who's been like terrorizing the neighborhood and he clips her so that she scratches her very expensive watch mm. and she whips her coffee at his back <laughs> so that she knocks him off his bike. And I was like, well, that's not something you like read about her. every day in Las Vegas. <laughs> Oh, okay. And then what she continues to do to him in that scene, I was like, oh, that's yeah. I like good. it when a book when a book starts off strong. Like like there's a it it drops you, literally drops you right into a moment that does pick up the the character's personality right away. Mm -hmm. And this does it right away. So you know exactly, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And then so, it does yeah. the same thing for Amelia, where right. you see Amelia firing somebody who yes. I think he runs procurement for the, so she runs the European division of Duxton hotels. And I believe he runs procurement for the European division. And she figured out that this guy had been fudging the numbers and basically embezzled like a couple hundred thousand euros or something like that. Like a lot of money. And you're sort of going through and it's like, okay, he's being fired. Oh, he's going to be arrested. And then you find out that he is her cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I loved it so much because it really showed how not just no nonsense she is, but also how much integrity matters to her, mm -hmm. how that is such a core part, like a fundamental part of who she is as a person and where other people might say, well, he's in the family, let's keep it quiet. And she's like, no, no, <laughs> that messes with my integrity. 
that's my reputation that gets compromised if anybody finds out about this fuck you you're the embezzler (laughs) you're the one with the gambling problem and i just i kind of like i love that and the thing with this is that yes it is an enemies to lovers but it is also what i would say almost like the ultimate in opposites attract because they are just so different Mm -hmm. and where amelia will never compromise who she is she will always show up exactly as herself, as her most authentic self, even though she knows so many people don't like it. Kai talks about how she creates optimal experiences for other people. That's why she's Mm -hmm. so good at her job. So she works for this other hotel chain called uh, the Grand Millennium. And she is known in the industry as the closer. She closes any deal she wants. She is able to go in and she is able to, you know, snatch hotels from other like she is able to win bidding wars and she does this by figuring out what the other person wants in an interaction and delivering it to them so she's kind of that ultimate Mm -hmm. chameleon and i think the thing that i especially loved about that and seeing them as they get together because they definitely have chemistry like their chemistry Mm -hmm. is just unreal in this in, in the story but seeing how those two personalities come together and what they're able to do for each other and how that changes. I don't know that it's necessarily going to change the way they operate with other people, but it definitely changes the way they operate with each other. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, like Kai gives Amelia the ability to be stronger than she knows that she can. And Kai learns how to be, she learns that, that when she's with Amelia, she can't be anything other than authentic. That that's actually the only way. And I, it just, it worked for me so well. And there was also some things that just like cracked me up, made me laugh (laughs) so hard. I'm going to find this one. It's a tiny quote, but this was the one that I actually like, it's past midnight. I'm in bed reading this and I'm laughing out loud. So there's a side character in the story who is a um, a sex worker and she basically constantly she just always has a room at the hotel i think she might just live at the hotel and she delivers sort of the like executive woman dom experience for people who want that and so she runs into them near the end and um sort of hits on amelia a little bit which she's sort of done throughout the story (laughs) and kai says Am I jealous of the MILF sex goddess with eyes that roam all over you as if she appreciates the promised land as much as I do? And this was the part that got me. <laughs> Amelia wondered what a MILF was. <laughs> like, of course <laughs> Amelia wondered what a MILF was. <laughs> How would she know? She wouldn't know. That would be beneath her. She wouldn't consume media it was in. She doesn't have social media accounts. Mm-hmm. She is like the best grown up ever. And so I just read that and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you're going to learn if you, you're going to find out. So yes, that is my recommendation for this week. So Good. if That's for people thing. that like romances, especially if you like opposites to track romances, enemies to lovers, romances, romances with a little bit of mystery to them. I mean, I wouldn't say that this is a mystery. It's just like, there is a central problem that has to be figured out. And that mm-hmm. the other thing I like is that that is what drives a lot of the conflict. And so it's not, this isn't, this isn't going to be one of those books where there's like a big old breakup and right. then a massive makeup with a grovel and a, I don't know, maybe I buying a dog or something. Right. 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 
And that worked very well for me. I really, really liked that. So if that's your, like, if that's something that you like as well, go and get it because it's worth it. Right. So Chris, what is your recommendation this week? Okay. So this week I have two recommendations and both are movies. Mm-hmm. One is a documentary and because it was so goddamn sad, <laughs> um, I had to quickly watch another movie right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing I watched was a documentary um, back in 2014 and it's called L Word in Mississippi Hate the Sin. And it's uh, director Laura Lazen. But the cool thing is the executive producer on this is Eileen Shaken. And we know her because she did all the L Word series, the original, the real L Word, and then the, um, the L Word Q, uh, Generation Q. And she also is executive producer of Handmaid's Tale. So she has a lot of, um, I knew it was going to be good because, you know, she's a well-known name. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and, and I actually picked this documentary also because my ex-girlfriend was from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I actually visited, uh, I traveled down to Mississippi with her to visit her family one time. And I was scared shitless. And, oh. um, yeah. So even though her family didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that my body could easily be uh, like discarded in their woods because they lived in this tiny little small town in the middle of nowhere with like, you know, like 2000 acres of land, you know, that's like protected barbar. I could have died. No one would have missed you. Right. Exactly. Well, my parents would have missed me, but um, <laughs> no one in that town. <laughs> right. That's true. Nobody in the town would. But um, so anyway, um, so what this um, here's the blurb for the documentary. Mm hmm. A provocative and moving document documentary exploring the lives of gay women through living in the conservative religious deep south and the unique hardships, bigotry, bullying, sexism, and racism they endure. So it was interesting because it follows several uh, couples and it also follows a woman, a former, quote unquote, former lesbian named Renee. Yeah. So it starts off, you know, and and it's it's really interesting because like especially after going through the elections and the whole mm-hmm. Trump and the whole religious take on the election, it was it it probably impacted me more watching it after the elections than had I seen it in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it focuses on how churches play a huge part in the lives and the way of life in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to several of the pastors they interviewed, you know, homosexual homosexuals are deranged. Their minds aren't working properly, and others compared being gay to being murderers. They're all this, they're all a sin. So yeah. if you're gay, you're just as bad as a murderer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, sin is a sin in their eyes. So, um, but it was interesting because I wanted to see, you know, why people state, you know, why when it's just so awful and it sounds horrible, like you fear for your life, mm-hmm. a lot of it, you know, and this, and this is a small rural um, cities in, in, in Mississippi, not necessarily like Jackson and, and places like that, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, they have their problems too, but it was mm-hmm. just, it was really, it, the whole thing was interesting. You have a couple that, you know, they're one is transitioning and the other doesn't know how to feel about it and then you just have a biracial couple 
And then you have two people who try to start a program, actually do successfully start the Dandelion Project, which is um, getting Christian, the Christian community, the LGBT Christian community together that it's okay to be gay. And so the Dandelion Project, they encourage like all different cities, you know, people who are interested in making that connection happen to, to go ahead and start it in your own city. And, and if you're, you know, in religion that deep and you want to have a place for, for the LGBT community, then you start the Dandelion Project. So that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was a really fascinating part to this documentary is that they have, they're part of a lot of these lesbians and gay people are part of a family, like a literal mm-hmm. family, not like your own family, but you have a family that you share a, a similar, you have a gay name, you have a, your, your birth name and you have a gay name so that you have kind of like protection. And I don't want to really call it a gang, but it's mm-hmm. like you have, you have like, I think the L'Oreal's were one and um, it's just so interesting, all the different names mm-hmm. that you have. Like if your family, if your birth family, like your mom and your dad don't come to, don't attend anything like your wedding or something, then your, your gay family will show up and support you. And it's really interesting because I'm like, where's my gay family here in Kansas city? You know, just, it seemed like such a, a very good idea. Like it's, it served as a, you know, like protection, uh, just in numbers, feeling safe. You know, it wasn't like, let's go like, you know, kill people and slash tires and burn buildings <laughs> or anything like that it was just strictly like you know safety and numbers type thing and it was yeah. it was really really interesting the character the the character i'm sorry the uh, the person renee she was praying the gay away she just thought it was the devil and uh it was just really sad to watch her life she had all these decisions you know for 46 years she considered herself a lesbian she always thought you know, a really butch lesbian. She thought she was a man. Uh, the devil gave her all these horrible ideas. And so she joined the church and is trying really hard to pray the gay away. And her son happens to be gay. So, mm. you know, it's just, it was just so sad and just kind of ended. And I actually, after it was over, I started Googling, you know, what happened to the cast members of, I say cast members, not really cast. Yeah, I yeah. don't really know you know, documentary, what happened to them? Where are they now type thing? Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't a lot of information online about them. I was curious to see if, if if Renee decided to accept who she is or not. And it was just, it was just kind of sad. And I thought, I feel so bad that in this day and age, and even though it was only 2014, mm-hmm. you know, it was still pretty a progressive time, I think. And oh, uh, yeah. I was just sad. Mm-hmm. More progressive than I I would say, much more progressive than 2016 to 2020. Because right, that that I mean, that was almost like the time that the Trump administration was pulling everyone back away from. Mm -hmm. So, would you say, like, overall, like, was it was it good? Like, is it something you think people should check out? Like, yeah, I I I think so, and that's why I'm recommending it because I need people to see that. You know, and it's interesting because um, when I started writing Lesbic, my editor is in her 30s. At the time, she was maybe like late 20s. You know, she's like 12. I always joke <laughs> that she's 12. And uh-huh. she has no concept of hate when it comes mm. to being gay. She lives in California. Mm-hmm. You know, she's younger, so she doesn't have to worry about fearing for her life or, you know, like it's okay that she holds her wife's hand in public and stuff like that. There's not, you know, she's she has this 
this, and it's wonderful that she has this, but at the same time, I think it's important to know that not everybody has that. Not everybody mm-hmm. has the ability to, to feel safe or, um, and, and the thing that gets me, is just, it's so ridiculous that they, that people use religion. Like they don't care about you at all, but they'll throw religion at you. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. we need to save you. You know, you don't mm-hmm. even know my name. You know, what do you mean you want to save me for what? So it's just, it's very interesting because it's important to know that there are still people who struggle that are scared. They don't want to move or they want to stay there in smaller communities to rally, to say, hey, you know what, we're here for you. We're going to stay here for you. Because if every, if all the gay people leave a city, then the people who are up and coming and, you know, don't understand or don't know yet, it's going to be super hard for them to come out. And I think it's, this documentary was was important uh, for that reason, just to kind of educate that that it still goes on, mm-hmm. like even though we're you know, it still goes on. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, that sounds not exactly the same. It sounds a little worse than the um, type of churches that I grew up in, but I would say like adjacent, like kind of that they're right. like that step up from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't necessarily talked about as a mental illness thing, but it definitely, I know in my experience was, it was not okay. Like queerness of any kind was absolutely Mm -hmm. not okay. And I agree with you. Like it's really important. And I kind of wonder if I would have had access to queer community where I grew up, would I have been able to recognize my own queerness sooner? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, that's always a bit of a rough game to play because I don't think I would necessarily want to, like, I would still want to be married to the same person I'm married to. And I would never give up my kids for anything. And, you know, like, I, like, I love my family as it is. And so that's the, the what if game doesn't really do anybody any favors sometimes. Right. But it would have been nice, I think, to at least have accepted that part of myself a lot sooner rather than continue to compartmentalize it because I can like reflecting back see oh that's a thing that's always been there I just didn't want to look at it for you know a significant portion of my life so yeah I think that's fantastic that that's there because you're right there's so many people that think well we have marriage what what else like we we have it all now and it's like "Mm, not really <laughs> right? Like, mm-mm. so you said you had a happier movie. Right. So wow. after that, I said, okay, I got to find something fun. So I needed a light, fluffy, gay movie. And I, <laughs> I watched the 10 year plan. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the quick blurb is meet Miles and Brody, breast, fre- breast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where's my mind? Um, Meet Miles and Brody, best friends and total opposites. Miles is a hopeless romantic looking for Mr. Right. Brody is a sexy player on the hunt for Mr. Right now. These two friends make a plan that they'll be together if both of them are still single in a decade. Nearly 10 years later and still alone, both friends will do whatever it takes to avoid becoming a couple. So it's super cheesy. It's like mm-hmm. Hallmark level cheese. Um, and I love cheese. So, you know, Miles is the kind of person who wants the U-Haul after the first date. He like scares dates away after the first date because he's like, he's got an outline of everything. Here's what we're going to do. This is how we're going to get married. These are our flowers. So he's just like, he's all overwhelming. And uh, Brody is the uh, the guy who, you know, does the Tinder dates and he doesn't want to. Oh, yeah he's the cop and he doesn't want any relationship. And so it's really interesting. You know, it's cute. It's fun. It's, it's very low angst. And 
like I said, total cheesy and I needed that. So I recommend it just for like the Hallmark gay movie that you need that you didn't think you needed, but you really do. That's adorable. What platform did you watch it on? I did it on, I think it was Tubi. I don't I just, know what that I, is. I'll just see if it's on something that's available in Canada. <laughs> so I have this, this remote and I, and I just like hit the button and I'm like, LGBT movies. And then all of a sudden it gives me all these options. So, um, so it's through my cable, but it'll hook in through different uh, platforms, like whether it's Prime or Netflix or Hulu, it'll just bring me right to it. So I just kind of review what, what, what movies I want to see or what, what reads the best. And so I'm like, oh, this one, oh, they're both cute. Let's watch this. So, um, and it was filmed well. You could tell that it wasn't like some, you know, second year film student quality type <laughs> movie. It was actually, you know, it felt like a true Hallmark movie. What do you mean? That never happens with queer movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a queer movie with my iPhone. So. <laughs> Which I prob- think a lot of them are on iPhones. Yeah, yeah you, probably, you probably could. Uh, and as long as you put Molly in it, I think everybody would show up yeah. and watch it. Like, that's why. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. Make yes. her a star. <laughs> a star. Oh. So I think that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, if you can just please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you've really enjoyed this show, we would love it if you would consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts um, because, you know, reviews help other people discover shows that they might love. Yes. And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast podcast at clearly recommended.com goodbye everybody bye hooray we did it another one day